Frank Manzik and Jessica time with you until 6 o'clock Thursday edition of Wisconsin's Afternoon News. John Rakir back on Monday. Charles Benson, chief political reporter for TMJ4, is back from Iowa. At least I assume you're back from Iowa. Are you back from Iowa? I have made it back from Iowa. We got back on Tuesday. Yeah, it's about uh, six days in Iowa. And uh, believe it or not, I think it was colder there than here. Yeah, and that led to the record low turnout. Is the turnout... Does that indicate anything to you? I mean, this is still Trump at a landslide regardless, isn't it? That's the key. Look, big win for the former president. Uh, unprecedented by the margin. He got above 50%. He got more votes than the other two with Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis. So clearly a big win. But, you know, I think it is interesting to take a look at the number. About 110,000 people uh, in the Iowa Republican caucus voted. Green Bay, about the size of 110,000 people, right? So take a look at this first message in the 2024 campaign coming from Iowa, 110,000 people. And Trump got about 56,000 votes out of that 110. So another perspective for you, I mean, there are more people who sit inside Lambeau Field on any given NFL Mm. Sunday than what he got. And all I'm saying is when you look at what Iowa did, and it is the first message that we've heard in this campaign, it's really a small sample. And so the key here now is what does it mean? What did Iowa say? And by the way, in the previous contested contest, the winner coming out of Iowa Ted Cruz, Rick Santorum, Mike Huckabee did not go on to get the nomination. But Trump looking far stronger, uh, and he's an incumbent. We've never really had an incumbent. These are usually first-time presidential candidates trying to make a name for themselves. Um, You know, former governors, current governors, former senators, current senators, people who are trying to get that nomination. Trump is really different because he's been to Iowa before. He's won it as a presidential candidate. So all of it looks a lot different this time around. But you have to put Iowa in perspective. It was a small sample of voters, and now it's on to New Hampshire. Charles, I remember I worked in the Quad Cities in Iowa and in the Illinois, the border right there, for about six years or so. And Iowans, they take so much pride in being first in the nation to kind of put their voices out there. But you were just talking about who has come out on top in the previous years. And I've looked back at that history. Would you argue that the significance of the Iowa caucuses is not the same? Well, Jessica, I think you're right. I mean, it still remains. It gets this attention. I mean, I'm, I was there last summer for the roast and ride. I was there in the fall for these faith and freedom dinners. It gets an enormous amount of attention, a uh, hundred plus million in advertising. I mean, think of all the meetings and get togethers at coffee shops and sure. dinners. And, you know, it's really that place where you're right. Iowans take this very seriously. They like to engage um, their candidates. I, you know, I remember going to an event that Rick Santorum was in in 2012, and it was at one of those pizza places that they have in Iowa. And it was a packed location, and I was standing there in this packed crowd, and actually Rick Santorum was right in front of me. And it was amazing how close you can get to these candidates. And I think Iowans really enjoy that give and take, that opportunity to look a candidate in an eye, ask the candidate a question. And so they get all of this importance that leads up to that night of caucus 
and then boom, you're on to New Hampshire. And so it kind of lives for 24, 48 hours. And it's off to the next races. It's off to Super Tuesday. It's off to these other competitive races. This time around, I'm not so sure how the lo- how long the runway will look, um, depending on what happen- happens in New Hampshire. And then the next big contest, South Carolina. And what I mean about that state, that's Nikki Haley's home state. Can she get a win out of South Carolina? You know, I'm wondering if that's single-handedly keeping her in this race right now. I, I do have to wonder, as as Trump's stranglehold only gets stronger and others have sort of dropped out here and there, is there real incentive for DeSantis and Haley to stay in this race? What are they fighting for? I think they're fighting for what they still see as an opportunity. Clearly, they have found a base. They have found a group. I mean, I, I think Governor DeSantis is saying, look, I'm a guy who can get give you all the things that you have or want out of Trump minus the legal challenges and the legal issues that he is facing right now. Nikki Haley also trying to say the same thing. When I was with her in Iowa, Iowa City, uh, she talks about, look, you can't defeat Democratic chaos with Republican chaos, referring to uh, Trump's legal challenges and legal troubles. They all sort of dance around this issue that they think something is there for Trump that at the end of the day, when it comes to the head to head contest against Biden, the numbers look really tight. Yes, he's up by two or three points. But, you know, Nikki Haley looks at numbers on head to head competition between her and Biden, and she's up pretty significantly, sometimes, you know, seven, eight, nine points. And so DeSantis and Nikki Haley are thinking, look, get us to the general election. They think they would do much better than Donald Trump. But his support, his loyal base, people are standing with him. And in Iowa, they gave him a 50 plus, um, got 50 percent or more of the vote. Yeah, that state. wild numbers there. Charles, looking ahead, we've got uh, Vice President Kamala Harris coming to the area on Monday. What do we know about that so far? So we know that she's coming here as part of a nationwide tour to kick off uh, its Roe v. Wade, the 51st anniversary. We know what happened since the Supreme Court uh, overturned that ruling. It has been a big issue here. Uh, we've seen it in the state race for the governor. We saw it play out in the race for even the state Supreme Court. Uh, we have this law that was the 1849 law in Wisconsin that since has been overruled. But, you know, it, this issue has become very important, especially especially in suburban areas. Uh, and I think when you look at Battleground, Wisconsin, this issue on where the candidates will stand on the abortion issue, on reproductive rights, and they want to hit this early, and you'll hear a lot more of it going through the 2024 campaign. You going to New Hampshire, Charles? I will not be in New Hampshire. I've only, you know, I've covered Iowa several times, I think going back to 2004, but I've only been to New Hampshire once. It was in 08. It was Obama's year. It was McCain's year. Uh, a little, diff, you know, it's different. I'm from the New England area, so it was kind of fun to navigate through New Hampshire and, uh, you know, a primary vote there. And also one time when Scott Walker was running for president, I did chase him all the way oh, out to New Hampshire when yeah. he was out there at one time. So Beautiful biking uh, trails. It, You'd love it out there. I, and I, I actually go there in the summertime to bike through New Hampshire. They are ap- It's absolutely spectacular. It's spectacular along the Atlantic coast there. Your work is spectacular as well, Charles, chief political reporter for TMJ4 and the best in the business. Good stuff today, Charles. Thank you so much. Thank you.